This is Chelsea Wingo. And I'm Amy Covell. And this is our podcast, Hashtag Life Goals. Well, it's not about the way people see you. It's about how you feel inside and about who you are. Each week, we examine one of our life goals and figure out what steps we need to take to make them a reality. Once upon a time, there were parents who were raising their kids differently from ours. And we all lived happily ever after. The end. Try not to be so afraid. You know, be brave. Be brave. So come join us. It's going to be fun. This is Chelsea Wingo. And I'm Amy Covell. And this is Hashtag Life Goals. Welcome this week is Hashtag (laughs) It's It's All in in the Spectrum. spectrum. Oh my gosh, this is already going to be a fun episode, I can tell. This is a confusing episode for me. Well, I mean, yes, there's it will be confusing. So we're really (laughs) going to be covering uh, gender identity and sexual Mm -hmm. identity in this episode, both which I'm very comfortable in my own gender and sexual identity, but Mm -hmm. I find this entire topic and how it has expanded in society right now Mm -hmm. to be very confusing. Yeah, no, uh, just doing all this research, coming across like all these different terms and all these different statistics, I was just, I felt like I was in this like, big ocean of confusion in a sense because I just I didn't know what should I say what should I go for um when discussing this because I don't want to step into troubled waters you know for other people right. when they identify as one thing but at the same time it's not only a hot topic yeah. it's a controversial topic yes. and people feel it's like politics people feel very strongly about this yeah and I don't want to like step on anybody's toes I don't want to say the wrong thing but I'm just I'm very intrigued and very curious about this because I feel we're now in a generation where people are opening up more about their gender identity and their sexual identity bear with us yes um, please, and please, please. Um, be kind to us if uh, we do step on any toes mm-hmm. or make someone feel you know, that we didn't say something right, please yeah. private message us. Uh, that's not our intent. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah, we, we we apologize. It's not... We're just trying to navigate exactly. this. Exactly. We're, 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 all, we're all trying to learn as much as you guys are. Well, before we get into the research, mm-hmm. um, yeah. any updates for you and your hashtag life goals? Um, well, after getting over my sickness, this was the week that I got back into working out. So I got back into boxing four times a week and getting back into that little um routine that I had so that was a little bit troubling but I'm back into it which is great um I felt like I've made some more progress regarding being more focused on work I actually found a, another sound on my noisily app that I use that's a lot more effective than all the other things that I've used than the brown noise you were using of uh, the noises of like the fire crackling and like the moon mm-hmm. like crickets but yeah I've been listening to more ocean waves that actually helps me be more focused and then Ironically enough, I know why ocean waves helps you focus. Tell me. Ocean waves is more calming because it simulates the sound of the womb of the of the liquids in the womb of your mother's heartbeat and all of those liquids rushing past your ears. Interesting. So that's why it's naturally more calming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally makes sense. It brings you to a safe place. No, it does. You didn't have care in the world when you're in your mother's womb. Yeah. And then also, ironically enough, another sound or music choice I've been using is Animal Crossing theme music. 
Oh, the game. The game, yes. Got Sorry. it. I'm I trying to think of, do, does each animal have its own crossing music? And I'm trying to remember what went through my head when I used to have to wait for the turkeys to cross the road in Massachusetts. <laughs> no, no, no. Animal Crossing, for anyone that doesn't know, is a game that is basically kind of like a simulation game where you're this animal or human being that walks around town and has to basically build your house and help townsfolks. It's okay. very childish, but it's got very relaxing, calming music. So for some reason, that's been very effective with my work. Cool. And yeah, other than that, I have both blisters on both of my um, ankles and my calves. And that's from my own stupidity, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you're being active. Yeah, exactly. So uh, my feet hurt a little bit. But other than that, that's what my life is at this moment. What's been going up? Well, the film industry is still sleeping. Uh, the Oscars are tomorrow. Uh, when we're recording this, the Oscars will be tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So after the Oscars, things should start to heat up. Um, definitely already seeing it, um, in the casting notices that I go through, um, looking for work for one of the kids I work with. Mm -hmm. And, um, I got my first response to a job application this week for a web series. So, uh, we'll see what goes on with that. So I'm looking forward to things heating up in the film world because I'm going a little crazy working only on my side hustles. Mm-hmm. I need to get on set. Um, it's been too long. I haven't been on set since like the first week of December. Um, it's we're, we're almost at three months. It's too yeah. long. It's you, too mi- long. you miss it. I miss it. Yeah, it's, it's I weird. I miss it. That chaos gives me structure. Yeah, no. It's, uh, I, I remember when we were doing Faith and, uh, and Let Go, when we did those two movies, that even though it was some of the most stressful times in my life, I loved it so much because it was just such an adrenaline kick. And it was just like yeah. powering through and kind of getting through something like, oh, we're actually getting shit done. Like it was and you fabulous. Spend, you know, and you spend time with me in all sorts of environments yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm probably my calmest when I'm yes, on set. Yes, you are. The most calm I ever see you is when you're on set. Everybody else, everywhere else is like, there might be like, she handles the situation but needs to like, oh my gosh, ah, but like on songs like, okay, we're going to get this, we're going to get shit done. All right, you go there, you go there. Okay, action. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so, um, so I'm excited just to hopefully start getting back out on set. You and I spent some time this week discussing mm-hmm. our next film venture. Yes. So um, I'm excited to see that move into the mm-hmm. next step. I'm excited too. So that's what I have for my life goals. Let's jump into the alphabet soup research. Alphabet soup, yes. You know, when they started adding more letters than just like LGBT, <laughs> I, you never can get it right. Yes. So I, I thought now that from my research it was LGBTQ, but then I was just told by our producer that it's LGBTQIA. So <laughs> it's just. <sighs> It's okay. Uh, All right. I'm glad we brought a guest on this week. Yeah, no, I don't think please. we could have navigated these waters by ourselves. No, no, um, no, no, no. But to give us some good foundation, yeah. mm-hmm. what did you find in the realm of the different terms for sexual identity or gender identity and how people classify themselves? Yeah. So I'm going to go over kind of like a broad glossary of all these terms. And then if there's any questions that we have, then we can always refer back to these and ask for the definition. So the ones that I have here are androgynous, asexual, bisexual, cisgender. What's cisgender? 
Cisgender is defined as a term used to describe a person whose gender identity aligns with those typically associated with the sex assigned to them as birth. So basically, I identify as a female and I am genetically a female. Oh. And then I'm also kind of, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, gay. Gender dysphoria. Uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Uh, gender expansive. What's gender expansive? Gender Sounds expan- like we're going to go into space. <laughs> gender expansive here says conveys a wider, more flexible range of gender identity and or expression than typically associated with the binary gender system. So okay, not so it's necess- similar to like gender fluid. Yeah, I would basically say that it's kind of like that. That's not you're not not primarily one or the other, but kind of moving between. I guess it's the best way I can explain it. Okay. All right. Moving forward. Gender expression, gender fluid, gender non-conforming, gender queer. What's gender queer? Gender queer people typically reject notions of static categories of gender and embrace a fluidity of gender identity. And often, okay, so now we have three, yeah. three See, terms. This is what I was talking about, that there are like so many different terms that basically mean the same thing. Okay. But I guess people just have different ways of phrasing it. Okay. Or words they prefer to use. Intersex, uh, lesbian, non-binary. Non-binary is the ones that don't conform to a specific gender, right? Yeah, basically okay. non-binary is you don't fully identify as male or female. Maybe you feel male one day or female another way, as one of my non-binary friends explains it. It's just not like set in so stone. So again, again, like... Gender fluid, gender expansive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, <laughs> I see the wheels turning in your head already. I'm trying My to hamster's like, trying to run away. <laughs> I feel like the clog gears are kind of like grinding in and trying to figure all this out. All right, uh, moving forward. Pansexual, queer, questioning, transgender. And then this was from another website that was... From the first website that I got all this from, so okay, so there's a few more terms. Few okay. more, yes. Um, a gender. Do you need me to explain? Yeah, that one? yeah. Okay. yeah. I need a gender. All right, a gender is an adjective. A person with no or very little connection to the traditional system of gender, no personal alignment with the concepts of either a man or a woman, and someone who sees themselves as existing without gender. Um, androgyny. Um, Androsexual, which basically is being primarily or sexually or romantically and emotionally attracted to men, males, or masculinity. Aromantic, bicurious, bigender, which this is this is this is defined as a person who fluctuates between traditionally man and woman based on okay. gender-based behavior identities. Okay. So demisexual. Which, um, which means little or no capacity to experience sexual attraction until a strong romantic connection is formed with someone often within a romantic relationship. Okay. So that's one we'll talk a little bit about. Gynosexual or gynophilic, which is the opposite of the andro, which is being attracted romantically, sexually, and emotionally to women, females, or femininity. Okay. Then straight, which is basically being attracted to the other sex. Third gender, 
which <laughs> it's defined as a noun for a person who does not identify with either man or woman, but identifies with another gender. This gender category is used by society to recognize three or more genders, both contemporary and historic. Okay. And then there's trans, transgender, transsexual, and then there's two-spirit, which... Yeah, this so is this was one, one that I thought was really interesting. Yeah, it's defined as an umbrella term traditionally within Native American communities to recognize individuals who possess qualities or fulfill roles of both feminine and masculine. Right, and as I was reading it, they said that if you have both male and female characteristics or mm -hmm. qualities that you are considered to be blessed by nature. So they recognize five genders, uh, male, female, mm -hmm. two-spirit female. So that would be a, a woman, a biological woman who displays qualities of both males and females. Mm -hmm. And then two-spirit male mm -hmm. and transgender. We're such complicated okay. beings. Well, like I said, the hamster already jumped the wheel, so um, I'm dying already. So yeah. let's, without further ado, let's bring yes, on our guest so she can help us. Please, 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 um, please. Our guest today is Sonia Saturday. Welcome, Sonia. Hi, thanks for having Welcome. me. I'm so excited to see you again. Likewise. <laughs> Sonia and I worked together on a reality show last year. Um, Sonia, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, well, I'm a cartoonist. I've been making comics and art for about 20 years now. Um, uh, let's see. I am currently in grad school. I started grad school since the last time I saw you. Fabulous. Um, going for my MFA. Thank you. Of course. Um, so I make graphic novels. I make comics. I, I do art. And um, a lot of what I do has to do with like either gender or sexuality. And a bunch of the comics I've made over the years have to do with like my own uh, like trying like self-discovery my own like journey of self-discovery like trying to figure out who I am like based on like sexual orientation and originally just sexual orientation and then then my gender as well um so just so everybody knows um so the way I identify <laughs> is I'm a transgender woman and um I'm pansexual but I also consider myself homo romantic which means that I'm only romantically attracted to women so you could consider me a lesbian except for the fact that I'm also pansexual. So it's really, it's complicated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That pretty much sums up yep. everything we're going to be talking about today. And you sound it's like the perfect expert for this particular episode Facebook that we have. really hit the nail on the head when they added it's complicated to dating statuses. <laughs> yeah. That just covers so much. Yeah, And I love how you um, mentioned how you're homo-romantic homo because that's another thing I would love to get into this episode is that in the spectrum, there's sexual attraction and romantic attraction because I feel for myself, I am a heteroromantic. I am attracted romantically to males. But sexually, um, as I've been kind of discovering myself, I don't know exactly for sure. I think I would identify most as demisexual because I don't really feel that sexual attraction or sexual drive unless most times it's a romantic attraction or a crush that I have on someone. Mm -hmm. Like that's really only the times that I feel it. But at the same time, I haven't explored it that much yet, so that's kind of what I identify mainly now. Maybe if I do find that right person, maybe I'll eventually be like, oh, I am a heterosexual too. But just for right now, Demi seems to fit for me or how I think it fits for me. But again, I don't know because well, I don't know how other people see me. Yet, let me so. ask you this. Well, it's not about the way people see you. It's about how you feel inside and about who you are. Mm -hmm. Like, so are you ever attracted to women? No. 
so no. you can pretty much identify as heterosexual. Like, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, if you have no interest in women and you're only interested in men, then you could just apply the hetero term to yourself. You're okay. Like, so straight, I don't. Cisgender. Okay. I assume you're cisgender. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I wouldn't need to. Because, yeah, I just, I felt weird growing up that I was someone that didn't engage in sexual activity or wasn't really like always wanting to hook up or date like all the rest of my friends or that kind of thing. So I was always felt really weird about that specifically that I kind of held myself back while and this sounds really bad. No, I'm not no, trying to no, make, my, doesn't, doesn't make my friends sound bad at oh, all. No. For but like, yeah, it's I'm, one of those I, things. I have, it's like once you, you know, when you're not the person who's jumping in, you yeah. know, shirts off, you know, what t-shirt as a, contest as a teenager, <laughs> then uh, it gets, a, it gets a little harder as you grow up as everybody else has done it. Yeah. And you haven't gone through that phase yet. Yeah. Which is why I kind of felt like when I heard the term demisexual, I was like, oh, I feel like this fits for me. But for someone who is very comfortable in her identity and what she identifies as to say like, oh, no, you're probably more this. I'm just like, okay, well, maybe I, was I wrong to think that way? Or No, you're not wrong to think that way at all. I'm just trying to help you navigate through the terms. No, and I appreciate that very yeah. much because I'm still learning all for this. me simple is better you yeah, know okay. so yeah. yeah i mean i'm bisexual and i identify as a woman and i am cisgender so mm -hmm. um i've known i was bisexual um from a very young age so i always had some uh attraction to women mm -hmm. and and i've always had attraction to men so i think and i think my dad knew i was bi ah. real early on too like, definitely, he definitely knew when I was in high school. But I remember one time when I was, like, junior high age. You know, I think I was probably, you know, 13. And Dad and I went to the movies. He and I went to the movies a lot. Mm -hmm. But we went and saw wild things in theaters. And okay. he was definitely, like, don't tell your mom I took you to see this. You were 13? Yeah. Wasn't that, like, an R-rated movie? Yes, it was. I'm totally and judging your father right now. I, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. And so it was like, it wasn't don't tell your mom because it's an R-rated movie because I had seen plenty of R-rated movies over the years. It was don't tell your mom because she doesn't have to know the content of this movie. All right. So how about we uh, take the topic back to Sonia? Uh, Sonia, how about you give us a little bit of your backstory of kind of like maybe where of... How do I put this? <laughs> How did you find yourself? Yes, there we go. Oh, that's a very long story. So right. I'll, so I'll, give us the cliff notes. Yeah. yeah. So let me see. Yeah, let me see. We well, have to break it down. Okay. So just like you, the and aha me, like, moments. Yeah. Well, I knew I was bi at a very young age. I can remember being like seven and knowing that I was attracted to like girls and maybe sometimes boys and whatever. And of course, I was being raised as a boy. I grew up in a very conservative, very conservative Southern Jewish community in North Florida. And so everything in like this, everything was about the synagogue, everything was about religion, everything, and especially in conservative Judaism, everything is boys do this, girls do this, men do this, women do this, and that's it. And it's completely yeah. separated. Yeah. So I knew that I didn't like hanging out with the boys and I knew that I preferred, I wanted to hang out with the girls and I knew I was more attracted to the girls. But it took a lot of years for me to realize like, oh, wait, I'm a girl too. It took a long time to realize that. Um, so, so for most of my life, I was just like struggling with my sexual orientation because I knew I was bi, but I wasn't really that into guys, which is, and that was very complicated. So it was like, I knew I could be into guys, but I really wasn't. 
but I knew I was into girls, but I didn't like hanging out with the guys. And it was, it was very, very complicated. So once I got to college, I started uh, drawing comics early on. And my first comics that I drew uh, had to do with like all the dark things in my psyche <laughs> about like sex and everything like that. It was As all, all writers and creators. Yeah, yeah. It was all, it was all just like really like ridiculous humor about sexuality. And it was mostly looking back on it. Most of it is making me making fun of the weird societal norms that people hold like straight cisgender men to that, like what they expect men to be. So I was just like making fun of all of that. Like, like if there's one thing straight men like, that I know that straight men are terrified of, they're terrified of anyone thinking that they're gay because society makes them feel that way. And it's really awful. Right. So, when so, some uh, of the most right. powerful people in history, yeah. you know, were yeah. bi or gay, yeah. Yeah. you know? So like for a straight cisgender man, for like to, for you, for someone to think that you're gay, that's like the worst thing. And so I grew up in that environment, you know? Because I knew I was bi, I knew something was up. So it was all just like this constant like stress and pressure and just like nastiness, Mm -hmm. you know. So I took it out in my comics. I like got it all out in my comics. And people thought – so like early on my comics were like being published in like my school newspaper. It was like the student-run newspaper off campus. And so they started publishing my comics. I was like 20. And um, so like sometimes people would write in and say, say like, oh, this comic is like really homophobic. It's making fun of gay people. And it's like, no, you don't understand. Like mm-hmm. I'm not making fun of gay people. I'm making fun of straight people being afraid to be seen as gay people. But right. it was so it's nuanced. more satirical. Yeah. yeah. So people weren't really – some people got it. Some people didn't get it. And even I wasn't entirely sure what I was doing. But I kept doing it over the years. And, um, you know, I grew and I learned and um, – Eventually, like, I've gone through a lot of therapy in my life. I've had a lot of therapists. I've had a lot of psychiatrists. I've been on a lot of different medications and just trying to figure out who I am. Um, I was, like, really suicidal for, like, 20 years. Like, starting when I was a teenager, I was, like, incredibly suicidal. I spent 20 years being, like, suicidal, like, like every single day. Because you weren't uh, sure who you were. And it's yeah. like, if you don't know who you are, yeah. then it makes you question everything. Oh, I was completely miserable. Like I just wanted to die like every day. Like I didn't think I would live past 19. I didn't think I would make it to 20. So every year that I got older, I was like, well, I'm definitely not going to make it to next year. I'm definitely not going to make it to next year. And I kept getting older and Mm -hmm. things weren't getting better. So anyway, around the time I was like 28, I finally came out to my family as bisexual. And this was way way before I transitioned. So at the time I was still identifying like as a dude, which now sounds really (laughs) creepy. It feels really creepy to think that but so I thought like well if I come out as bisexual to like everybody and start living living openly and bisexual then I'll just like be happy no 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 it didn't change anything it was step one yeah 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 so that was like the first step so it wasn't for another seven years that I finally came out as transgender and I had to like reach like the lowest point in my life I've had like I've been in like long-term serious relationships, like multiple relationships, like with women. I've never dated men, okay. and um, I've never, I never dated men. Like I've, I sort of was dating this one guy a couple years ago, this trans guy a couple years ago, and uh, it wasn't really dating. It was just like he would come over to my place, we'd smoke a lot of weed, we'd fuck, and then he'd leave. So it wasn't really like a relationship. <laughs> 
that was kind of it and it didn't last very long so i've never actually <laughs> dated so a guy romantic. it was not romantic and he didn't brush his teeth it was gross and whatever <laughs> he called me some other girl's name when we were having sex it was oh, really bad no 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 it was no, really no. bad and then he lied he was like no i didn't call you april i called you baby and i'm like those don't sound the same no. anyway like, not a good liar no you're not a good liar so anyway so i've never dated a guy but i've been in like long-term relationships with women and they've always been like very like very difficult, very, very difficult, you know, because I didn't know who I was and they didn't understand why I wanted to do things like, like I had this one girlfriend where we went to, uh, we went to couples therapy for two and a half years, Mm -hmm. every week for two and a half years. Oh my God. And every single week it was, I wasn't really allowed to talk. It was her complaining to the therapist about me for an hour every week. (sighs) What? I wasn't really allowed to talk much. And and so she would com- she would talk to the therapist and say things like, I don't understand why she would say he, but I hate that. She would say mm-hmm. she didn't understand why I wanted to like wear, wear jewelry and wear lip gloss and like that sort of thing. She didn't mm-hmm. get it. And she would talk to the therapist about it like in front of me. And it was like really uncomfortable. Oh, so years later, things are a lot better. But it was really tough going for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. So I had to do a lot of searching <laughs> to figure out who I am and mm-hmm. like how I identify and how other people identify. And so now I like go to comic conventions and I speak on like panels for like about like queer comics and that sort of thing. And that's um, really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So it's nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know that was like a really long explanation for no, like but no, I, no. I compressed about twenty five years worth of right, stuff. Right, right. That, that was your journey. So, yeah. That, that's better than yeah. what I could do. I ramble on on some topics and it was just like, okay. Chelsea, yeah. bring it back. Bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> so, Well, I've had to like – I mean, I've learned through who I am through my work. So like every now and then like I get asked to like do an autobiographical story for like like an anthology, like a comics anthology. Mm-hmm. So over the last like seven, eight years or so, like I've been I, – I do like a little story. It's about where I am at, the, at that place in my life, mm-hmm. about like my journey. And then it like it, each one sort of continues from the other. They build on each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. like I've been exploring who I am through my work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we all do that if you work in a creative field. Yeah. Um, you know, Chelsea and I were just talking about how we're getting ready. We're, we're working on the script for our next venture together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a writer, Chelsea is always working through internal struggles through her writing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this piece is probably her most honest piece. So it's a challenge. Yeah. Um, even just discussing the script. And it can get really intense. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I was, um, when we were going over kind of the different things of maybe changes, things like that, my mind was already going to those places of, because it deals with inner demons and really talking yourself down and making them feel like you're worthless. It's something that's very personal to me and it's something that I feel like I need to explore in order to maybe conquer this fear or conquer right. this struggle that I have. So yeah. I think that's one thing, at least in a vague way, we all can relate and how we exploit our struggles and battles inside by putting it out yeah. with our work. It's it's good it's good that you mentioned like your personal demons because like I act demons for me are a literal thing in my work. Like since <laughs> the beginning, since I started drawing comics, like demons are like a recurring theme in my comics. Like one year I did like twenty four portraits of like different demons and like oh. and I had them all up on my wall. And this was like before I transitioned. Like I remember looking at at the walls of my bedroom like shortly after I started my transition and I had all my, I had a bunch of my artwork up on the walls mm-hmm. and this one wall, the entire wall was just my portraits of demons, like just different demons of like rage and sadness and everything. And the other wall was artwork by other artists and it was all just beautiful women. And that one was oh. like right over my bed and the demons were like over on the wall. And I was like sitting back and I'm like, 
it's, I can't believe it took me this long to figure things out because it's right here in my room. These are all the, <laughs> this is literally my demons are right here. And the things that I want is what I want yeah, is the beautiful women right mind. there. And it, it was, so sometimes it's like literally in your face. At least it was for me. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. All right. Um, actually, this is a question that I have. So you heard a little bit in the beginning how we were talking about all these different labels of sexuality, gender identity, or something that people use as a term to kind of either make themselves feel comfortable or feel included. Do you feel that all these labels helps our society or does it just make it more confusing in this apple soup that Amy has talked about? Cause I alphabet just soup. alphabet soup, excuse me. See, I'm already confused as it is. It's just like, I can't tell if it's like a good thing or a bad thing. It's just, I just want to know your thoughts on all these labels that are all around to even today. I think straight people get really hung up on the labels more than queer people. Like (laughs) more than like queer and like trans and like gender nonconforming people. Like there's like such a wide array of like terms and there's always new terms being developed and there's Mm -hmm. always like new flags with like different colors and like this is this the pride flag for this and it's the pride flag for that. And like I don't know everything because there's always new stuff. So I think when people get hung up on like learning all the different terms, you can't. You can't learn everything Mm -hmm. because it's always new and I – there's always new things. And I think – I think that's the what? idea, though, that they want to – they worry about offending somebody. So they're yeah. like, oh, yeah. I need to know they really don't, all these though. things, though. <laughs> they don't. C- c- most cis straight people do not worry about offending people. They say they do. They don't. They don't. Because, uh-huh. like, with your – I was listening to your talk about, like, well, the hamster just jumped off the wheel. I mean, like, that's, you checked out, you know? <laughs> She's already gone. You know? That's too much. That's, that's too much. That's the thing. If you're, like, saying, well, it's too much, then it's, like, you really probably really don't care. Yeah, I mean, I don't mean to like call you out on that. No, no, you're probably it's fine. just like for me, it's it's it, the more labels it is, the 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 more frustrated I get. Oh yeah, and I'm mm-hmm. like, it doesn't have to be complicated. Just be whoever you are. Right, but the thing is, if but you're the one getting frustrated about it, not them, and it's not really your place to say. Well, it's frustrating for me, so you know you shouldn't do this. You can't. And I know you're not telling people to do this or not to do right. one way or another, mm-hmm. but. A lot of like straight cisgender people, a lot of like the heteronormative world gets very hung up on like, well, there's these labels and I don't know what to do and I don't want to think about it and all this stuff. And it's like, you don't really have to think about it. Okay. All you have to do is listen. Yeah. Like no, if you I just agree. listen to like, if you meet someone who's like gender nonconforming or like they're trans or they're mm-hmm. queer in a certain way or they're like bisexual, asexual, pansexual, demisexual, whatever, like just listen to what they're saying. If they, if somebody goes up and tells you, this is who I am and this is how I identify, don't challenge them about it. It's not your place to challenge somebody about it. All you have to do is just respect their wishes. You don't have to believe it. Just don't be a dick about it. You know, and I know like saying be a dick about it is like kind of like the hetero thing, but fuck off. So, um, see, <laughs> well, see. for me, I think on the one on one, it's fine. Like if someone says, this is what I identify with, I'm fine. It's more on the societal scale that I. I'm overwhelmed. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. You don't need to worry about it. We're getting to this point. I mean, at least in my opinion, we're getting to this point where like we're talking about the alphabet soup. There's like yeah. always more letters being added. And the whole thing with the alphabet is like it's all the letters. The alphabet is just all the letters. And what we just need to – everybody just needs to sort of get to a place to where we accept that – Gender is a spectrum, like gender identity is like a spectrum Mm -hmm. and gender itself, I believe is just a social construct. Gender is not a real thing because if you have sex 
And then you have gender, like your sex is like the sex organs you were born with, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so yeah. I like that as kind of a delineation. Just the way I see it, it's all a spectrum. Sexual orientation is a spectrum. Romantic orientation is a spectrum. Yeah. Gender identity is a spectrum. And then like even even like your sexual organs, we know that it's not just like – it's not just penis and vagina because we have intersex people and we have like people who, who have like non – I guess what you would say is like like – I don't know what even you even I don't even know what you call it, but like like if you're intersex, you're not just guy or girl. There's like you're born in a different way. So we need to like respect people mm-hmm. who are born like differently than what we would consider the norm. Like the I hate the word normal because no, there's I hate no the normal. Word normal too. There's no there's, such thing as no normal. normal. There's there is there's more aver- common. There's, there's more common yeah. stuff. There's more common yeah. traits, and there's what society accepts. But we need to get over that. It's all just like fucking like religious heteronormative training brainwashing mumbo jumbo like as far as i'm concerned it's just nonsense and we need to get over it we need to like everyone just like chill the fuck out and be however you want Mm -hmm. and stop worrying about this shit so much let people be who they are and stop challenging people like for god's Mm -hmm. sake just leave them alone (laughs) like if i come up to you and say i'm a woman i identify as a woman i've always felt like i'm a woman but like my whole life everyone said i was a guy don't argue with me and say that I'm a guy just because my entire life everyone said I was. They are wrong. I know who I am. They don't know. It's very frustrating. Like my, uh, not to get like, well, I'll get personal. I've already gotten personal. Like my, my, when I came out to my family as, as trans, Mm -hmm. which was just over three years ago, actually. So it was like not long before I met you. No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, I, I flew to Florida where my parents are and I, sat them down and I was like, okay, I'm transitioning. I had already been on hormones for like, I've been on hormones for three months at that point, just under three months. And, um, and so I went there like as a dude in like dude clothing and like Mm -hmm. still pretending like I was the same person I always was, which wasn't entirely the case. I had all my, you know, the clothes I was That must have been really uncomfortable because you'd already made the decision to do it. And so then to have to go back to that previous identity. It really sucked. It was really Ooh. difficult. So, but you're so, trying to make it easier yeah. on them. Yeah, like let's not shock them the moment I walk in. The yeah, door. I wasn't gonna because mm-hmm. at the at that point, like my I was like waiting for my hair to get longer, and I was really uncomfortable with short hair. So I was wearing a wig at the time. Like I wore a wig for the first few months of my transition, and so I didn't wear the wig when I was like going to see my family, mm-hmm. and I didn't have my dress and or anything like that. I didn't have what you would call like women's clothing, but I'm putting quotes around that because it's ridiculous to put gender on clothing. It's, it's nonsense. Um, but I had what you would consider to be my, like my, my female clothing and in my suitcase. And then, um, so I sat my parents down when I was in Florida and I was like, look, I'm transitioning. This is what's going on. And then that night or the next day I was back to being me, you know? Mm -hmm. And they were like, this is, this is weird. But to my mom's credit, she said, well, if you're going to be wearing a wig, can you let me buy you a nicer one? Aww. Which was really sweet. That's really, which really was super sweet. duper sweet. Which was the opposite of my dad, who said, "My back hurts. I I can't think about this." Uh, <laughs> that's classic avoidance. That's pretty much the last thing he said to me. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, 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 yeah. He doesn't talk to me really much anymore. But my mom is like totally cool with like everything now. She's like, "This is my that's daughter. Awesome. It's great." She's like, "I went back home just a few weeks ago and." uh I was like in a grocery store with my mom and she was, she introduced me to people that she knew. I was like, this is my daughter. Like, which was really nice. Do you have any other siblings? I have a, I have a younger brother. He's, he's your age actually. He's a little few years younger than me. So your mom got the daughter she always wanted. 
Uh, I think so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and the funny thing is, it's like, it's like, oh my God, I can finally do yeah. all of these things. The funny thing is my brother's actually gay and like, and he came out as gay and I, he was out for like a year and a half before I found out. Nobody told me oh. that he was out. He had a boyfriend for like a year before anyone said anything to me. He didn't even tell me. And I was like, oh, wow. I came out as bi like 10 years ago. <laughs> You're not going to tell me that you're gay? Like, whatever. Things are better now. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it's that whole idea that you don't understand your identity, then it, it's really hard. And sometimes mm. if your identity, if part of your identity is building this world around you, say you have like the perfect family. Yeah. If that changes, you're like questioning, okay, there's someone different now. Does that change who I am? Am I different now? Like, Mm -hmm. how does that change my world? Okay, I'll start. Do you have any advice for me and how I struggle with um, the way I feel about all the labels? How do you feel about all the labels? I think one of the things I struggle with is I'm very logic-based. And like the human brain automatically looks for patterns and things. And this is something in which the pattern is more fluid and always changing. And so it's harder to grasp. And for me, uh, because I'm very logic-based, I'm very knowledge-based, it's we like to put things in little boxes because it makes them easier to understand. And when we can't, it, it it's like something's broken here something's broken here i don't understand what's happening and so it's it's harder for me to process it okay well let's think about something else like how many colors are there there's colors that we don't even know that exist because we can't see them if right. you look if but um, my point is if you look at a rainbow a rainbow is not just you got red, green, blue, yellow you know it's not just that it's not broken up that way when between the red and the green there's there's something else in there and that's why like you need it's a spectrum it's a color spectrum mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's the same thing with sexual orientation gender identity all of that it's a spectrum and that's that's how we need to get people to start thinking about it it's not these little boxes it's there's a flow to everything things can change like your your sexual orientation in 10 years may be different than it is now because mm-hmm. things can change where you where you're at in your life the circumstances are you know in your life can change and the way you feel about certain things can change so it's not necessary for us to put each other into these little boxes i know it's easier to think about it logically like like because that's how we've been trained but that's the thing like science the science around like like gender identity sexual orientation that sort of thing it's expanding because there's more research in it now this is just a field this is just a scientific field that we're learning more about because more research is being done into it. So we're learning. So it's just it's just new stuff. That's all it is. It's just new information. And, you know, that can be overwhelming. But, you know, you, it's, I mean, people at one point were afraid when the earth was round. You know, when we it's found true. that out. It's true. We used to think it was flat. Yeah. yeah. There, <laughs> you know? there are still some people who think it's flat. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just it's just new information that, like, everyone's just got to adjust to. Unless you want to just, like, live in the past. So put your MAGA hat on, I guess. <laughs> not you personally. Yeah. I'm just saying if you want to yeah. live in the past, like, that, there's people who want to do that. Yeah. Watch. It'll all be so simple in 50 years because we have worked through all of this muckiness. And mm-hmm. people, it will just be all accepted. That it's this yeah. gradient. I mean, if you think about it, when we're all born as little babies and we're just overwhelmed by so much 
stimulation, so much information that's going on. So as starters, we're like confused and we're crying and we're upset trying to figure it all out. But then as we grow older and mature, we it gets more ingrained in our brain of kind of like, okay, this is kind of like I know how to take in the stimuli. Say, yeah. I know how to take in the stimuli. Now I know how to verbalize exactly. that I understand the stimuli. Yeah. So yeah. if you think about it, it's just kind of like another step and it's it's not fun. But it's so basically when I thought I was already an adult in understanding this stuff, I'm in my infancy. I mean, I'm in the same way, too, in some regards here and there. I think we all are a little bit. Yeah, there's always new information. There's there's always new things to learn. It's just that this is a field that's like growing rapidly like yeah. right now, like a lot more information is coming out about it. I mean, like a few years back, like what was it like Time Magazine had like it was like was Laverne Cox on the cover. So it said the mm-hmm. transgender tipping point. And and oh, that yeah. and that was because enough information had gotten out there among people who are trans or who realize that they're trans that enough of us started coming out to where people couldn't ignore us anymore. It's not that we didn't exist for years, like we've existed since the beginning of time, since the beginning of that humanity existed. It's just now like like thanks to like the internet and like thanks to like social media and thanks to like all these different ways of like connecting humans we realized that we're like, we're a community and like, there's more than just us. Like, I didn't know anybody like me when I was a kid, but as I've gotten older and like through the internet and stuff, it's like, oh, there's more of us. And now we exist. Like we didn't not exist before. It's just now you can see us. So one question I have advice from you is, um, what advice would you give for people that are maybe still struggling with sexual identity or gender identity? Like maybe they feel they're one way, but then it flipped to another, or they don't know exactly right. where to... From your, from walking your path, what would be your advice to somebody who is struggling with it? Mm-hmm. Live your life. Just go where things feel right to you. And I mean, my main advice is like, you don't necessarily have to do what your parents say you have to do. And just because like your church or your school or somebody says you have to be this way, you don't necessarily have to do that. There are other ways to live. So explore, I guess is my advice. Explore in whatever way makes you feel comfortable or even uncomfortable. You know, being in an uncomfortable situation can make you, can potentially make you learn that, oh, I like this thing or I really don't like this thing. But at least now you know. Mm-hmm. Just give it a shot. It's true. So all Just I'm like saying is food. is everyone out there, or have sex with me. <laughs> That's what you should do. Everyone should just like want to have sex with me. I like that advice. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> like not everybody. So much of our, our, <laughs> our, our first promo for the for the podcast. Right. Where yeah. I told everybody <laughs> that I was going to tell them everything they're doing wrong. Everything they're doing wrong. Just be like me. Yeah. And yeah. Just explore. <laughs> that, anyway, like honestly, my advice is like just explore and like don't try not to be so afraid. You know, be brave. Be brave is the thing. Be brave, brave, little chickies. Yeah. (laughs) It takes strength. It's really scary in this world that we live in, like the way society tells us we have to be. It's really scary to be yourself. It's really, really scary. There's a reason it took me 35 years to finally figure out who I am and like actually start down that path. It's because I was afraid. I was afraid of like being who I was. I hid who I was for so long. It was so deeply hidden in me that even I didn't recognize it. Like I didn't know. Like... I was at a, I was on a panel at a convention one time at like a comic convention and it was on like queer stuff and trans Mm -hmm. stuff, whatever. And this man in the back of the audience, we were taking questions from the audience and this man asked me, he said like, so when did you start dressing like a woman? Like how, how long before, like how long were you dressing like a woman before you decided to transition? And I said, never. 
Never. Like, I didn't start wearing what you would consider female clothes until two months after I started on hormones. And it's so, like, he was, like, blown away. He was, like, because he assumed that every trans... That you would have dabbled in it before making that decision. But it never even occurred to me before. There was, like, one time at a convention, it was a costume party, where my costume was a little old lady. That was the one time in my life I wore like what you would consider would be women's clothing. And that wasn't for like my own personal stuff. It was a costume, you know? Right. So, so never, I never, like he was just shocked because he just assumed that every trans person was like, you know, a cross dresser or something. That's not the case. Yeah. I always, I always, sorry to jump in. I feel that the word assumption can sometimes lead to troubled waters. I know I unfortunately do it sometimes, but People, when people assume things, they just, it, I feel like it leads them down further to quote unquote the wrong path or like misunderstanding or whatnot when instead of just being more open and kind of. Which I think sometimes just goes back to that idea of that we're trying to make logical sense of something. Yeah. So we make an assumption so that we, we can move forward in processing it in our brain, but sometimes it's not the right assumption. Yeah. We put the pieces together ourselves, but sometimes we then see the bigger picture like, oh crap, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't like, have assumed that way. But I think like I gotta go back to my puzzle pieces. Yeah, <laughs> I think scientifically, though, we still do it in order for survival of the fittest, in order to survive in this quote-unquote scary world that we have that it's sort of in our genes. But so it's, it's, it's tricky. It's, yeah. just- <laughs> it's scary to be yourself. Yeah. Unless the way you are, unless you think you are the way the world tells you to be, then it's easier. But if you think that you're like a little bit different... It's scary because we like we have bullies. People make fun of each other. People are mm-hmm. really shitty to people that they think are different. Yep, it was fucked up. I mean, I was bullied as a kid, but mm-hmm. not for the reasons you would think. Like it was weird. Like nobody when I was a kid, nobody like was like gay bashing me because I was clearly not a gay person. Like I was. I mean, I am sort of, but like, I'm, but I'm like a lesbian. But like nobody saw that at the time. Yeah. They, nobody saw me as like a gay boy. They just saw me as like a really effeminate little boy. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. they would make fun of me for that. And they would call me like girl names. Turns out they were right, you know? <laughs> so. They were foretelling the future. Yeah, but I didn't in see that. In a rude way. Yeah. In a very weird <laughs> in a very way. Rude yeah, way. in a very rude way. But like mm-hmm. people make fun of what they what they think is different. Anything, any little difference people make fun of, especially kids. Kids are awful. Yeah. Yeah. No. Kids My, are terrible. Of course, yeah. so are adults. Yeah. Adults are terrible. Adults, too. Yeah. adults are the worst because the adults know better. Adults mm, should have. They should know better. They should have mm. been doing this work on themselves to be able to recognize that it's something they don't understand versus something that is wrong. Right. Yeah. Most kids, people, kids yeah. haven't developed those, that skill set yet. Right. Mm-hmm. They need to be taught. That's yeah. true. Or they actually, what the thing is, hate is taught. That's true. That's mm-hmm. the problem is that children yeah. are taught to hate. Well, thank you so much, Sonia, for coming on today. Sure. Mm-hmm. As you can see, this was a really um, tough topic for us. Yeah. But I'm really glad we did it. Yeah. Oh, good. No, so um, I feel better. Yeah, no. Um, I don't know how you're feeling, Chelsea. No, I feel but- like I've learned a lot. I definitely feel that maybe sometimes because I am cisgender and I do identify as female and I'm heterosexual and heteroromantic and all of that. But uh, it's still really interesting to hear all this and kind of see all the sides and take a little bit more knowledge so that I know progressing forward how to approach these situations and also yeah it's also still eye-opening that kind of thing so 
Again, yeah. I, my brain is still kind of like in this whirlwind right now of trying to process everything that we've talked about because right. that's just how my brain works. I dropped a huge learning bomb on you. Yeah, no, yeah. you did. Yeah. It needs to just fall into a pile of glitter. Don't try to put it in the boxes because yeah, no. my filing cabinets, they just <laughs> fell apart. Yeah, no, exactly. But no, it's, it's, it's honestly... <laughs> That was such an amazing metaphor. No, yeah, no. <laughs> Glitter is so much better than just tiny cramped little boxes that just knock out your brain. I like that. I like that. Glitter is better than tiny yeah, cramped boxes. it's glittery. Boxes. Just think of the rainbow. Thank you. Thank you, Sonia Oh, Saturday. no worries. <laughs> I'm so glad I could enlighten you a little bit. A little bit, Just maybe. a tiny sliver. Yeah, we didn't, we, we couldn't touch on everything because that would be the entire, like, some knowledge of humanity. We so. didn't touch Pandora's box. God, don't touch her box. <laughs> All right. So do we want to move into a hashtag hunt? Yes. Hashtag hunt. Let me pull up. Uh, Were there any hashtag hunts that came up with all in the spectrum or it's all in the no. spectrum? No. There was none for it's all in the spectrum or okay. hashtag all in the spectrum. The closest I found uh, was one that had, I don't remember, a few other words tacked onto the end. Okay. Um, and it was referring to autism spectrum disorder. Okay. So instead, I decided to use gender identity and sexual identity to do our hashtag hunt. And this is some of the best stuff I found. There was no one way to be, or even two, but many. Dr. Lauren Gelsepia tweeted, Happy Bi Visibility Week. Human brains, behavior, and sexual identity are organized during fetal development by hormones, and there is tremendous individual variation related to how this manifests in each of us as we grow and learn about ourselves. Hashtag choose kindness. Nice. So that's like a very scientific Right, right. I'm like, I feel like I needed to include at least one science-focused post. And I thought it was interesting saying that how early some of those things start to take shape in us Mm -hmm. um, before we even have a consciousness. The Equality Institute says, Our identities make us beautiful, complex, and unique, yet able to live shared experiences. But let's not forget that at the end of the day, we are all human. True. Once upon a time, there were parents who are raising their kids differently from ours. And we all lived happily ever after. The end. That's cute. (laughs) I think that tells me it's just like everything that we prioritize and stress about. Don't worry about it. Humanity will go on. (laughs) And it'll be different next time. It'll be different. You know, it's just like they say everything changes when you're raising like a kid. Like, you know, they used to... They used to tell you to lay the baby on their tummy, on their tummies, so that way they wouldn't choke on their own vomit. Like, and then they all they have back to sleep, and it's always changing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dear life, I have some serious sexual identity issues to work out. Little did I know. Sincerely, me. <laughs> Putting it out into the universe, asking for advice. What kind of behavior would I, as a be- bisexual, have to engage in for other people to see me as bisexual? I thought that was a really interesting question because it kind of encapsulates that whole like struggling with labels mm-hmm. and putting people in boxes. Cinnamon rolls, not gender rolls. <laughs> now I'm just hungry for cinnamon rolls right now. <laughs> oh, well, it's a good thing you didn't see the picture. Homosexuality exists in 450 species. Homophobia is found in only one. Which one seems unnatural now? So like I said, I wanted to include one from the science side. So I also included one from the religious perspective. I thought this one was interesting. So this is two different tweets, uh, one in response to the other. Okay. So if God made you a male, that's not a mistake. If God made you a female, that's not a mistake. 
Saying any different is insulting a perfect creator. The response was, God made you a brunette, yet you are now blonde. God gave you bad vision, yet you fixed it with glasses. God gave you crooked teeth, yet you straightened them with braces. Trans people change the outside to match the inside, just like you do. Hmm. I thought that was a really interesting way to look at it, to people who struggle with that idea of uh, people transitioning. I don't care what you are, bi, straight, gay, what have you. If I identify with that, cool. Myself, I'm no longer going to look into the question of what I am because I have an answer for all of that. I am a person. I like that. So everybody, just be nicer to yourself and please don't be afraid and don't be a dick. <laughs> live, live who you are, yes, whatever we- that is. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> so that was hashtag hunt. Uh, everybody don't forget next week is hashtag breakups so we want to hear your breakup stories yes please if you have any funny or interesting or please hashtag us (laughs) at life goals pod using hashtag breakups so it can we can include it next week all right so last part challenges yes it's time to pay them off Okay. I'll pay off my movie first since I had to watch a movie. Last week, I didn't meet my challenge goal. So Chelsea assigned me the movie Down With Love. Um, I'm scared. Well, I've already admitted to you how I felt about this movie. I hated it. <laughs> hated it. <laughs> and that's perfectly fine. I'm sorry you hated it. Um, it is done in absurdist fashion. And yes. I... Definitely struggle with absurdist films. I find they work in short form well. I do not find that they work very well in long form. Okay, I did not know that actually. Yeah, so the whole movie felt like a whole bunch of sketches around the same, you know, four characters. Yep. Or, say, a comic strip. Like, you know, like an SNL skit? No, not an SNL skit because it wasn't funny enough for an SNL skit. Okay. But, but it felt like a... That's pretty unfunny if it's not as funny as SNL. Yeah, it was It was more like a comic strip or like a lot of them felt like jokes you would read in Reader's Digest. Okay. But the problem is, is if then when you're using it in a visual medium like film and you're doing it in long form, the audience is in on the joke that it's absurdist. The characters cannot be. Okay. And the characters were not genuine. One of them pulled it off. Sarah Paulson was the only one who was just like, you felt like this was her reality. This was her world. The rest of them were making fun of this world. And so it yeah. didn't work for me. It's, it's, it's been a while since I've seen it too. I've actually, since I assigned it to you, I wanted to rewatch it, but unfortunately things got in the way and I haven't been able to, but maybe I'll watch it this weekend and I'll maybe agree with what you said. But I mean, at the same time, at I least, would... at least you'll look at it a little differently. Yeah. A you'll little be like, bit. Oh, I can see that. But yeah, so it was not a movie for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I've seen it, so I can't unsee it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's pay off last week's challenge. Oh goodness. You've got yes. your love letter. Yes. I have my love letter. All right. And I have Hold my love my poem. Mic. Okay. Hit me, Casanova. Uh, okay, I'm going to, uh, <laughs> to uh, just catch everybody up, last week we assigned each other to write in the style of angsty teen love letters or teen poetry, write a letter about our future partner, about what we want in a partner. Okay, I might have taken this a little bit differently because I just wrote and I just let the pen. So, okay. 
<clears throat> Dear you, if somehow you get this, you already know what I will say, and I won't ramble or trail off in a sea of nonsense. I'll be short, sweet, and to the point. I love how you are unlike anyone I have ever met, and in some ways beyond what I pinned you to be. Aside preconceived notions and expectations, you turned out to not be what I wanted, but needed. You talk me down through the worst of things. Pull me out of every spiral I put myself in when I go to war with my inner demons. Even when I don't want to, you make me smile and laugh with just one simple word. You drive me to push myself farther than I thought possible, yet remind me when it's okay to stop, reset, and start again. As much as you say it, and I say I believe you, I can only hope I can give a sliver portion of what you gifted me back to you. And I'm not forgetting the lows we faced, the annoyances we've caused for each other, and the little things that can still put a sour taste in my mouth at times. I knew that real love is not like in the movies and told myself to prepare for whatever comes our way. But there were still grievances, rage moments, and situations that I deemed hopeless and we'd never bounce back from. And in those fits of anger would convince myself to say, I'm too proud to miss you as well as not seeing how beneath me it was to pretend you had not completely scorned my heart and that I could erase you like every other from before. I'm not here to point fingers or put blame on anyone. I myself am as guilty in what has been made to be on this path. Love is not one thing, but a roller coaster of emotions, a heart-wrenching journey that some can deem to be too much because of not only the anger and sadness in this cycle, but the fear and vulnerability this powerful being puts us all naive and fragile human beings in, with myself being one of them still. But I choose, I choose the unexpected turns and surprises you have for me at every corner. I choose how I know I will put you first above all else. I choose to let you glimpse at every nano inch of who I am, who I portray to be, and who I am only to you. It's you that I make this choice with, which I never expected to feel or say in my life but it's what we least expect that surprises us the most and how that one person that makes us into better people all around and makes life more fulfilling is worth it all. I love you. I'm in love with you and will be till I'm convinced otherwise not to, which is never forever yours. Chelsea. That's oh, beautiful. That's nice. I, um, d I do have some PSs at the back, but I think it just ruins the whole mood. So okay. <laughs> I won't say those, but. Yeah, that was great, Chelsea. And I also thought felt the beginning where you talked about how you're not what I expected you to be or not, you know, what I thought I wanted, but what I needed. I thought that ties in really nice to like our discussion this week mm -hmm. about like figuring out who we are. Um, so I did a free a free flowing poem. Um, I originally sat down to write about traits that I want in a partner. Mm -hmm. And that's not what ended up happening. So um here we go. As a young girl, my dreams of love were storybook romances with star-crossed lovers, knights in shining armor, and unstoppable destinies. Upon entering womanhood, those dreams melted into longing looks that led to passionate entanglements with bigger-than-life feelings and an all-consuming focus. As a young woman, I only dreamed of not having my heart broken again. Love morphed into a veritable roommate who could share the bills, my interests, our friends, and give comfort in the dark. 
Eventually, love began to show its true shape, and it was me. By refocusing my lens, I have learned self-love and am becoming a better me, the me I have always dreamed of being. Now the partner of my dreams is one who truly sees me and all I am capable of, a partner who stimulates me mind, body, and soul, and has refocused their lens to be a better them. I want someone who walks the road of life proudly, unabashedly, and is ready to forge a new path together into the future. Until I find this partner, I walk this road solo, taking in all the sights on my path. I'm not following a map or a major highway, but my own North Star. When my star reaches its zenith, I dream they are there to share it with me. I used to dream of a white knight who'd sweep me off my feet and make me their queen. Now I know I'm a queen in my own right, and what I need is a partner who supports my dreams. Oh, that's really pretty. I really I really liked how that one is you, it's like if you start telling it to someone specifically, like mine was, it was about mm-hmm. more about you and yourself and going on this Because that's journey. where I, I am on my journey. Yeah. And that's, you know... Um, it's definitely, and so this one became more about, because like I made a list of the things that I want in a partner or the qualities, but then when I tried to write poetry to it, it was too similar mm-hmm. to my teenage poetry. And my point with this was to show how I've grown and changed. Mm-hmm. So it ended up being more about my journey. Okay, Chelsea. So what are we going to challenge ourselves to this week? Okay. Um, well, I have one for me in mind. My challenge for myself that I would like to do is that I would like to focus Monday through Friday, like my work days, because I find myself kind of, even though I'm doing freelance, I sometimes can flow work in between and I can feel overstressed and like I don't have any downtime because I'm blending it all together. I'm not setting specific times to get work done and actually take maybe the weekends, aside from when we do the podcast, to relax and take time for myself. So I would really like to focus on focusing Monday through Friday, like a set amount of desk hours and focusing more on like freelance or other work obligations I need to do before the weekend rolls around. So then I can focus the weekend on hashtag life goals and then also catch up on maybe other things, but mainly but have, relax, have, have a downtime. Yeah. Yeah. Have a set schedule. So I don't feel so overworked and overstressed. Cause, Cause I think- it is one of those problems. It's like when you work from home, you don't always have a day off. Exactly, it yeah. flows into the next. Yeah, so I think I just want to set that structure so I can get rid of that stress and that anxiety. Good. So I'll probably be able to set something where maybe like at least four hours of doing this and then focus on doing this task instead of just relaxing and, and trying to take it easy for the rest of the day instead of so like an actual nine to five in a way. <laughs> so my next challenge this is going to be kind of a long, drawn-out challenge. Okay. So um, I want to re-edit one of my unfinished documentaries from college. So the challenge for this week is I got all of the footage moved over to a drive that I can use with my computer. Mm-hmm. Um, so the challenge this week is to get all of that into my editing program and to start um, organizing it or lining it up the way I want it to be cut. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be my challenge this week, but this is going to be kind of a longer project. So by okay. next week, I just need to have it all uploaded into the program, and it needs to all have been reviewed and organized. Alrighty. And then I will keep everybody updated as the edit comes along and yeah. the video becomes available. Yeah. And 
I will I will do the same with my challenge of being updated that if I did all the challenge and whatnot, but I'll hold you to it. Okay. All right. Well, that's all we have for this week. Next week, Ooh. hashtag breakups. And we want to hear all about your breakups yes. at Life Goals Pod on Twitter and Facebook. Thank you again, Sonia, so much for joining us today. Thank and you. where can people find you? You can find me on the Instagrams. Uh, you can find my art under Sonia Saturday Art. And you can find me under Sonia Saturday. Fabulous. All right. All right. Well, guys, till next week, I'm Amy Covell. And I'm Chelsea Wingo. And this is Hashtag Life Goals. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.